Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is November 4th. David Gasper here with co-host Matt Carroll, and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. And in today's episode of the pod, we're going to take a look at the Brewers pitching staff, and we're going to do so with a very special guest, Rob Friedman, commonly known as Pitching Ninja. He's a huge fan of the Brewers pitching staff, and we're happy to have him on, on the podcast. Rob, thanks for joining us, man. Dude, I am happy to be here. Very excited. We are happy to have you, man. Always, always great to to talk some pitching, no matter what time of year it is, even if it's November. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always, forgot everything about the baseball season. Now I'm into off season, trying to just survive. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we're we're all just trying to survive 2020 and just make it on to 2021. <laughs> we're just, we're barely squeaking by, but we we might make it to December. We'll see. So just to kind of um, get things started, I, I'm just kind of curious. So why did you start the the Pitching Ninja account, and, and how did you come up with with the name? Long story or short story? Medium story. Me, we medium got story works. Oh, we yeah. got time, Laura. Right. Yeah, we, we got plenty of time. We're we're just at the beginning of this. So. Yeah, awesome. So so I was born back in now. Um, <laughs> so so I had started out uh, coaching, like coaching kids. And I played baseball growing up. I wasn't great. Like, I was one of those guys that's going to sit there and go, man, I was awesome. And if I, I tore my my, you know, my shoulder up and otherwise I would have been, yeah, nah, that's not true. But I was coaching my kid. And um, and then I started coaching other kids. So there, there were a bunch of p- parents back in the day and, and, like, even rec ball days that were like, boy, he knows what he's talking about. He's great with the kids. Why doesn't he come coach? And I'm like, dude, I would rather sit in the stands and watch these games. So I ended up doing it because they needed coaching. I never wanted to like sit by and, you know, if someone asked me to help, I'm going to do it. So I started coaching kids and then my son got better and better. We played, I coached travel ball at East Cobb, coached high school ball um, in Atlanta, um, coached a number of college guys, guys that went on to college. And it was really um, so while I was coaching, the biggest thing that I did was and and just in life, I don't want to screw somebody up. So my thing is, no matter what I do, I'm going to try to find out the best way to do it. And these things had to be out there. There had to be people talking about it. Um, I learned a lot from uh, message boards back in the day, like Let's Talk Pitching and uh, Baseball Fever. Kyle so. Coincidentally, Kyle Bodie was one of the big participants back then. Uh, Lance Wheeler, Eric Cressy. You had a bunch of these guys that are now coaching, uh, you know, co- coaching big leaguers. Eric's with the, the Yankees and, and Kyle's with the Reds. And we used to just talk pitching. And I had specific players I was trying to improve. Um, you also had Ben Brewster, who was uh, on that board. He's at Tread Athletics. He coaches a number of pro players. And we used to challenge each other's ideas and through that just learn. So as I was doing that to make myself a better coach, I started thinking, you know, someday my, my kids pitching at Georgia Tech. So my kids in college now. Um, but I was seeing that going forward that someday I wasn't going to be coaching players like I didn't want all this knowledge to kind of end with me. Because I had a fight for every ounce of knowledge that I got. I asked a lot of questions. I went down a bunch of bad paths, like a bunch of people selling stuff. And and I bought every little gadget, every little everything to test it out and see what worked. 
So I, I was like, I can afford to do this. I'm, I'm obsessed with this idea of getting better and better. And I don't want other parents to have to start from ground zero. So I really started as a coaching thing. So I started poaching, uh, posting GIFs and stuff so that pitchers can compare themselves with major league guys. They can test out what their coach is saying. They can te- test out what people are trying to sell them to say, you know, is this really the right way to throw? Um, and really kind of educate themselves freely. So I wanted people to have a free resource to make themselves better. I wanted coaches to have a free resource to make themselves better, all because I was obsessed. So uh, in the end, it, it turned into way more than that um, throughout the years. But that's really why I started it was just as a free resource to help kids, p- kids that didn't have any money, that didn't have, couldn't afford the $100 lessons and the $3,000 travel teams, all that stuff. So I kind of just wanted to, to do something good with that knowledge versus just keeping it with myself. That's a long answer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it, it's a good answer, though. It, it, it's a good answer. And I mean, that, it's a really great reason. And, you know, the, that's something that's that's really awesome. That's something I wish I had when I was younger. Like, you know, if I had something like that, I could have, you know, made it a lot farther than just chucking 75 as a super tall lefty. Like, yeah, <laughs> topping out 75. Like, five. I mean, you're, you're yeah. golden for a while. I mean, a lefty, you got to just just go for it. Oh yeah, I, I mean, it's forever. Yeah, if I had better stuff to go with it and good command. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, commands it just throw hard. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, so that is exactly yeah. those are the stories that I love to hear because I think that is the that is the rule and not the exception. I think there are a lot of kids that were taught crappy stuff from their coaches who just passed things down that they were taught. And part of the cool thing is when you come into it saying, look. look I don't I don't have any preconceived notions about what I know and what I don't know. You can learn a whole lot if you go in with a with an expectation that you know everything and you're not open to it, then you're passing down the same crap and screwing up a next generation of folks. What you're seeing now, which is so cool, is that people are so are very open minded and throwing out tradition. There's no one way of throwing. There's no one way of of uh, getting people out. And now, I mean, I started that I started flat ground as a spinoff of, of my pitching ninja stuff to help more people get mm-hmm. get found for the same reason. So it, it's as my kid was playing, I saw people not being able to afford uh, travel teams, not being able to afford showcases. It's like three thousand dollars for three to five thousand dollars for a good travel team, five hundred dollars for a glove, five hundred dollars for a bat taking weeks off work. I know it. I did all that stuff and I could, I could do it because I was relatively successful in what I did and ran my own business and stuff. So it was easy for me, but I saw so many parents struggling with it that I was like, I got to Like, I don't know. I'm not one guy to stand by and let things stay screwed up. If I can fix it, I'm going to fix it. And, uh, and that was one area also that I thought I could, I could fix. And that blew up too. So it's, it's kind of fun. But it's your story. Like if you were right. if you had access to this and then had access to all the resources, we can video yourself and get picked up by some team. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. So let's do it. Let's go back in time. And <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go back to when I was like, you know, 13 years old and just, you know, change all this stuff. And Dude, the I next thing you. you know, yeah. The next thing you know, I'm pumping 90 something and, you know, then onto the big league shortly after. Uh, absolutely, man. We could do yeah. this. Yeah. Now we just need, need the time machine. We got it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. If we can just get that part figured out, then then everything is great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, didn't they didn't they do a Back to the Future uh, commercial this year for the for the Brewers? They did that, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. They did Back yeah. to the Future with Brent Suter, another yeah. super tall lefty that gets by with a subpar fastball velocity. He probably did that time machine thing. So yeah. if he could do that, I mean, we we can get with him and get it done. Yeah. I don't know if I can be as funny though. I mean, he's freaking hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) I love that dude. Did you see when he uh, did the, had to do the somersault off the mound because he, because he, his foot slipped? Oh, yeah. So he actually (laughs) just won my last Pitching Ninja Award. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's fantastic. I mean, the way he recovered and just the sheer athleticism of doing that. And the, the best part of that was when Simone Biles actually retweeted it. And he's like, I'm cool with looking like a complete dolt. <laughs> the best gymnast in the world retweets me. That was awesome. Yeah. So, like, now, I mean, you've got flat ground. You've got Pitching Ninja. is a, It's the brand. Merchandise. There's ESPN. There's MLB. You're interacting with players. Like, did, did in your wildest dreams did you see it getting to this point dude no no way like i'm still so i have my own baseball card dude like oh. I, I like i got a baseball card this year no that's it, a flex it, mm-hmm. oh my god it's a, like but it's it's so i get the i get fan mail like there are people that are sending me baseball cards to autograph i have like i, I don't know, i've probably done 150 of them wow and uh and like it's mind blowing. Like I used to be the dude who sent that stuff out to people. I was like, my when I was seven, yeah, I thought someday I'd have a baseball card. Not now. And it, it's like, uh, yeah, so that's crazy. Like how big that's gotten. Um, but you can never like forget the fact that you're just. I'm just a dude with a computer who coaches. So uh, that's that's like the way I view it. And if I can do good for people, that's awesome. If they enjoy it, that's awesome. If I like. And they're absolutely MLB guys will reach out to me today and say, hey, can you get this grip um, like Jake Diekman this year with changing his slider grip uh, due to Chaz Rose slider grip, which he asked me for. And then all of a sudden became unhittable. So uh, it's it's those things that are just it's so much fun and it doesn't lose anything. And that's why, like, I'm in shock that all this stuff happened. But it's like every day I'm, I just am. I'm amazed that that many people find this stuff that interesting. And uh, and it also keeps it challenging, right? I mean, because if I keep doing the same old thing every year, it's going to be boring to you. It's going to be boring to me. So uh, it keeps you on your toes. I kind of look for different ways to explain what I'm trying to teach. Sometimes I'm trying to teach. Most of the time I'm just having fun or being a smart ass. But uh <laughs> Uh, you know, it just it, it just really depends what what day it is. And sometimes I'm just amazed, like literally Devin Williams, who I watched him this year and I was in awe of how good he was. And, uh, you know, like I'm a change up fan. I'm a change up guy. Right. Um, over the year, like Pedro's change up one probably my favorite pitch of all time. Um, so I'm a really if you can win me over with a change up. And me have it's me saying that you have well it's not really a changeup it's the Airbender, but it's right. uh, yeah 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 I can't really it's a, the Airbender is 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 just a mind blowing pitch, and if you can like I have pretty high standards when it comes to changeups and 
and he's like at the top, um, like at the top all time. I can't name you somebody, you know, Pedro longevity wise. Sure. Right. But but as far as as uh, sheer dominance of the pitch where you can tell someone it's coming, you have the Trevor Hoffman's of the world, Johan Santana. Uh, but but Williams is more like a weapon through spin rate and movement and uh, and plus he can throw up her 90s. So that's uh, that's a nasty combination. Love that, dude. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. And I mean, Devin Williams was, you know, obvi- like obviously we saw throughout Twitter like. He became like your favorite over the year. It started with, you know, you know, wow, just a really great changeup. Then it's like, um, you know, best changeup, you know, or one of the best changeups in the league. Then it was the best changeup in the league. Now it's best changeup in the universe. And, <laughs> right. Like it's just progressively getting better and better. Um, so, I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit. And I, I think Matt and I are like, you know, somewhat familiar with um, like what, what's so good about it. But, you know, just just kind of in your words, like what makes Devin Williams's changeup so special. So, and, and this is one of those interesting things. Like traditionally, I go back in history, baseball was about developing multiple pitches. It was about like to be a pitcher, they'd always work on your weak spots and not necessarily play to your strengths. Um, lately, it's been more if you have something that is an outlier, you have a pitch that nobody sees because it's so unique, then they try to enhance that. So instead of in, in improving your weaknesses, it's more, that's my changeup guy. Um, Williams' changeup is multiple standard deviations as far as spin rate. I mean, usually change up, a changeup is a relatively low spin rate pitch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't see 3,000 RPM changeups. Um, that's a slider. So basically his, <laughs> his changeup is, like is like a slider direction. No one sees it. So when no one sees something... And you're a major league hitter and you're trained, you're dead set on, you You know, you've seen kind of everything. And then you, there's, there's this outlier pitch. All of a sudden, it's unhittable because it just breaks the, the, the mental computer that you have until they see a lot of it. You're like, I don't know if he was a starter, if you saw him, you know, every, every five days for a lot, what would happen? And he still might be unhittable. Um, I'm not saying he won't be, but he, having another pitch would be good. But you can get by doing what he's doing and just be absolutely dominant with that total outlier pitch and also having keeping everybody honest with a uh, an upper 90s fastball. That's his secondary pitch. Um, That's that's insane. The other thing I love about this dude that doesn't get played up uh, enough and I've kind of focused on it during the year is is his energy on the mound like uh, he can fire you up just by pitching the way he. His K struts and stuff like that. He's got a little bit of uh, the Stroman jump, Stro- mm-hmm. the Stro hop a little bit. Um, but he is just a fun guy to watch. And uh, I, I look forward to watching him for years and years to come. I mean, I did not miss one of his outings. I know I had the little Batman thing going out there every <laughs> yeah. time he came up. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know. Like, he was one of those guys I dropped everything I was doing, no matter who was pitching, and made sure I watched him. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember um, sending you, like, every single time he came on, I was just tweeting at you. I'm just like, hey, Devin Williams is pitching. Devin Williams is pitching. And then eventually you're just like, here, just take the gif <laughs> of the of the bat signal. And, like, I don't know if it was just, like, a stop bothering me. Like, just send this. Like, I don't know if you're getting annoyed with me adding you. Oh, all no, 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 no. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely one of my favorite accounts. 
because yeah. because of the energy. Like again, baseball cannot be a boring freaking sport. Too much. Right. Like the history of baseball is this stoicism, this uh, not showing emotion, this don't show it up, no, no bat flips, no K mm-hmm. struts, don't trash talk hitters, vice versa. Just and 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 that's gotta go. Like there is no way to get new fans into a sport when you're having these unwritten rules that only the players can decode. And it's no other sport does that. I mean, you don't watch a basketball game and watch them, you know, just it's not like a 1950s basketball game. You're watching a lot of emotion when they're playing football. Same thing. Soccer. Same thing. Why would you do this in baseball? Why does baseball have to be a sport where you can't show emotion? That makes no sense. So. Absolutely. And fans have to do it. You have like you're lifting up the entire franchise by your account. And then I shed more light on it because I become excited about it. And the sport is better off because of folks, because of all of us. We're all in this to save baseball. And I wish baseball sometimes could get out of its own way and and let us let us help. Like that was the big thing back in the day. I mean, we can go through this later, but when. I feel like I helped break down that wall a little bit um, with right. with MLB, but it's it, they have got to let the the creators of, of content take over and let let us help them. We do it for fun. We don't do it to make money. We do it because we love the sport and we love team. If you make money, that's great. It makes you make more content. You can buy more. Right. That's cool too. But the biggest thing about it is you love it. And it shows like your guys, you it shows when I see your tweets and your tweet, you're, you're at me. And I'm like, dude, I feel obligated to do something. I think you had a Topa <laughs> thing, too, when he was in. Like, yeah. oh, my God. You got, and uh, like I knew him from flat ground. I didn't realize how freaking nasty he was. Like I knew him just because he threw hard. And then I started watching it because of y'all. And uh, and I'm like, holy crap, that dude is is off the charts. Um, he is going, he is, he is, it's not just a hard throwing guy. He's yeah. got, he's got a ton of movement. He, he's got a slider. He, he had, I remember he had a literal back foot slider where the dude swung and it hit him in the back foot. Like it was, it was so perfect. I'm like, so it, I'm like uh, Ninja has to know about this. Absolutely. And I think it made my, uh, my, my end of the year sword, uh, compilation. I just put yeah. out today. And it is a, it's probably in the running for sort of the year, I would think. That Ooh. was freaking nasty. So uh, yeah, I mean, I love I love stuff like that. That's uh, that that's that's great. But again, I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for for y'all getting on it. And then every time he came up, I'm like, all right, I love the guys that that open my eyes and I see something that I, I don't see with other pitchers. And it's up to it's up to each fan base to to let me know. But also to let the fan base know, like you guys come with energy and you're trash talking other folks. I love that. Like, it's, 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 I mean, thank you. Yeah, yeah no, it's great. Like the yeah. whole argument of Castillo's uh, change up versus Devin Williams' change up. And look, I am a Luis Castillo. Like, Luis Castillo oh, yeah. had the best change up in the freaking universe as far as I like active change up. Right. Um, you know, top three. I always love Strasburg's changeup too, historically. And then there is no argument this year. Like, there's not a debate. Number one, Castillo took a little half step back with his changeup for most of the year. And Devin Williams threw something that no one had ever seen. I think 
you know, looking back on Devin Williams, I think it's interesting when you look at like back to his scouting grades, um, the ones that he finished 2019 with. And, you know, I've got it pulled up right here and he had a 55 grade changeup at that point. His fastball was his bread and butter and his changeup was 55. I'm certain that if we were to do some regrading, obviously that gets bumped up. But have you seen like, can you think of a pitcher like that that just he's he talked about how he, you know, he used to tool with that pitch a little bit when he was young. But obviously it wasn't to the point that it is now. Otherwise, you know, it would have shown up in the grade. So have you seen anything just ex- a specific pitch really explode onto the scene out of nowhere like that? Yeah, I'll tell you one that this year just absolutely amazed me was Ian Anderson. Um, so Ian Anderson was known for good fastball and a curveball, actually coming up and his changeup was basically major league average and his changeup this year was one of the more unhittable pitches in the majors and there's nothing like visually the difference between so Devin Williams visually I can say oh my god I've never seen anything like that that ball's moving like a slider and it's unhittable and it's so Ian Anderson it was just pure deception so it's a, a basically a four seam changeup that all he did was reduce the spin and take Eight miles an off, eight miles an hour off his his fastball. Throw it the exact same way, and for whatever reason, and actually I did an overlay of his mechanics on it. It looked the exact like he. It looks the same, and hitters can't react. But scouts didn't see that. Um, I couldn't have told you that until he started. Still, I started seeing the results, and people couldn't hit it. And I'm like, there's got to be something here. And it ended up like I'd say. I mean, his changeup now would grade out way, way higher. But it wasn't showing up in the in in the scouting reports at all. Uh, but yeah, Devin Williams is a great great example of that. And and to me, his would have been easier to scout. Like Ian Anderson's, I would have had to see a lot. Devin Williams, once I saw it and the, saw the way it came off his fingers, saw the way he described it. So a little uh, a teaching thing is he throws his changeup like I would throw an ideal changeup. Uh, my son's changeup. He can throw. I mean, basically, I teach a lot of pronation through it because I think a lot of kids have a hard time with with changeups. Um, their hands are smaller. They also think of it like, all right, number one, they're scared. They're scared because, wait, I'm going to throw a slower pitch. It's going to be easier to hit. So all these kids, everybody's going to tee off on me because I'm and then they try to throw it too slow. So they slow everything down. So I try to teach it with movement so that you're taking something off it and it moves so kids can process it and say, all right, I can throw this, I can get him on the speed, but also on the movement. Um, so when I saw Devin Williams doing it better than I can teach it, um, he did it like, because most of the time when you do, when you do pronate through it, you're also taking some spin off the ball. He doesn't. He ends up throwing it, and it's either it's because the way he developed, uh, his unique release, physical makeup, whatever it is, he is able to put a ton of spin on it, which uh, makes it double deadly. So I loved watching it. The second I saw it, I was like, that dude's got something there that that you just don't see, nor could you teach it. It's it's a, it's a special thing. And you see him trying to teach it to his teammates, um, yeah. and, and no one's able to pick it up because it's impossible to get that. Like, you can pronate, you can practice pronating. Some people can't. Um, so there, there are major league guys who I've talked to and try to help them with their changeups. And they're like, I just can't pronate. And some people just aren't really good at doing it. Others are, but fear, nobody, nobody I've ever seen can put, can, can put that much spin on a ball while pronating through it. So, uh, long story short, 
scouting grade, I just guess they they missed happily on it. I mean, that's awesome because yeah. it's better to have a better results than a scouting grade. I mean, yeah. And it's also kind of better to be, you know, instead of like the scouting grade coming in at an 80 and it being a 55, right. you know, then it, the scouting grades of 55 comes in as an 80, you're more pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I have um, a feeling it's a little more like an 80 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got, if there's a 90, I think he might be close to it. Uh, yeah, he breaks yeah. all the all the charts because he's by himself. Yeah, absolutely, a, a league of his own. Um, and a change up that good um, deserves a nickname, and you came up with Airbender for it. How did you How did you end up on Airbender for that? So I literally woke up. I, I swear I just woke up in the middle of the night uh, because I'd get every time I tweet his change up, somebody would say it's a screwball. It's a and, and I didn't want to have to argue that because technically there's a fine line between pronating through a pitch and it being a screwball versus being a change up. I get it. Like, uh, I mean, there and there are other pitchers that uh, that have tra- Trevor Richards throws a little bit of a pronated one. Oliver well. Drake also kind of has a screwball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Former so Brewer, are... old friend Oliver Drake. <laughs> yeah, he's a trip too. Uh, but <laughs> but rather than argue with it, I was like, you know, he deserves his own because, as we just said, he is in a unique class. There's one of him. Um, he's an outlier. So that pitch deserves an outlier name. And I wasn't even trying to come up with anything. I just woke up in the middle of the night and said, Airbender. That's what it is, because it's kind of like this magical thing that is doing it. I wasn't sure whether to call him the Airbender or call the pitch the Airbender. Mm. Um, and I was like, you know what? That pitch, it's got to be the pitch because, you know, otherwise we're going to argue screwball change up. Let's just call it something else. And luckily, everybody liked it. I mean, I came up with the witch for Blake Trinan years ago, and and yeah. everybody liked it other than Blake Trinan. Oh, really? <laughs> he didn't, oh, yeah. didn't like it. No. Did did so, he want to be a warlock? The, he didn't <laughs> want to be anything. So that was the worst. Uh, so I, I, this the nickname took off. There were gonna be I mean there'd be witch shirts and their stuff, and people were like, oh, when's the witch coming in? And uh, and then I got word back from several people like. Dude, he doesn't like being called the witch because, and it's a religious thing. Like he was like oh. he thought it was a thing from, from, uh, from, from God that he was given the talent to play baseball. He didn't want it to be some black art type thing. I'm uh, like, I am not going to give someone a nickname to offend them. Like my deal is, I want right. to be fun. I'm not going to do that to to offend the dude. And he's 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 good. You know, he, he did take a dip after he stopped using that witch name. So. Uh, I don't know. What was that? So you got to come up with a new nickname. Yeah, I know. Like, well, he's going to have to, he'll have to step it up like he did in the off season again. So if he does it again, maybe we'll come up with an, another nickname. Um, or maybe I'll just stay away from his nickname. We'll come up with somebody else. Uh, I, right. Get one shot. I don't want to, I don't want to keep ranting. <laughs> right. Um, so just kind of a, one more thing on Devin Williams. I just kind of want to touch on, I mean, one of the, Obviously, as you've kind of mentioned, you know, one of the best changeups um, that we've ever seen, especially from a reliever, Trevor Hoffman, you know, known as one of the best changeups the, the game has had. Um, you know, do, do you think that Devin Williams' changeup is kind of reaching that kind of territory of one of the best ever in the game? So, so legit, I think it's a unique pitch, and I think it's the most unique changeup ever in the game. Okay. Um, to be 
Trevor Hoffman, you have to do it over a number of years. Like Trevor Hoffman True. is Trevor yeah. Hoffman because he's a stud. Yeah, and uh, six hundred one saves. <laughs> yeah, like what? I can't yeah. compare. When Devin I, Williams gets the six hundred and two saves, then we'll call it better. <laughs> yeah, like I'm fine if he even even over several years. Like it's a Mariano type pitch in that it's an outlier, but mm-hmm. he's not Mariano because Mariano did it for you know you do it for twenty years. Yeah, you're in a cl- I mean you're yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, Trevor Hoffman, absolute class by himself, throws it totally differently. Like you see how he threw his changeup was more taking the spin off it and more of like a palm ball type thing where you have Devin Williams doing something totally different. So I, I find Devin Williams changeup more, not more interesting. It's more what I would teach. And it's more interesting because it's, it's unique, but, but it's not, I can't say anything's better than Trevor Hoffman's changeup because it's, uh. That's hard to say. It's another class of its own. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That that dude could tell you again. He can he can glove sign it to you, and uh, and and you still couldn't hit it. Yeah. So one of the other um, big guys on, on the Brewers pitching staff, uh, Corbin Burns, and and he's a guy that our our regular listeners know, and and our regular readers at reviewing the Brew know. I've been huge on Corbin Burns pretty much since he was drafted. Uh, I predicted he was going to win the 2019 Cy Young Award. You were that close. I, yeah, I was so Nine close years. in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, almost happened. Um, but no, that 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 was that was rough to watch. But then in 2020, he was looking like a Cy Young candidate, and he's not a finalist, but I think he's probably going to end up getting some votes. But I mean, he was pitching remarkably better, remarkably better. And I mean, he made a bunch of changes from from where he from what he was doing in 2019 to 2020. What, what do you think was the biggest change for him leading to his success this year? So I did my research on him during the year, actually, because I was wondering the same thing. And I had the same view on him as, as you did. Like I objectively, again, I'm a visual guy. I, I obviously look yeah. at advanced stats on everybody, but but I also look at what my eyes tell me, too, and they have to match up. Um, and Corbin Burns' stuff didn't match up with his results. So you saw that guy and his and his advanced stats on 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 his pitches matched up with what you were right. seeing. It just didn't match up with what what his results are. He said it was several different things, and I think he's probably right. So what he did is he didn't throw everything out. So a lot of people like you're looking at Corbin Burns' results last year. You're like back to the drawing board, man, because I didn't have a great year. I'm gonna have to redo everything. Mm-hmm. And instead, to to his and the Brewers' credit, they went back and looked at his pitches. They're like, no, no, your slider is is really one of the major league's best pitches. Um, actually, your pitch types tend to be one of major league's best. You just need a pitch that goes the other way and a different mix. So don't throw out your pitches. Um, don't try to do anything different. Take advantage of your strengths. And then just give someone a little bit different look. He also worked on his mental game. And, and that's the thing that I think as fans, we get lost. We, we, we lose sight of that fact. The game is played by people and not by machines and not by stats. So all of us look at these stats and go, oh, if I had this player, I would do this and this and, and just throw my slider here. and do. It's just not that easy because we're people. So he has to he had to slow the game down mentally because sometimes when things went bad, they just go worse and worse and worse. 
there are breathing techniques, there are just mental game tricks that you can do. All that stuff makes you makes you a better pitcher, and it's not something that you can tell from advanced stats. Like there are pitchers that that are play beyond their stats. There are people that uh, that that play worse than it. Degrom had that issue too. Degrom actually had a a, a big day where he had a, he got shelled, and he was like, I let that get away from me. He lost his temper, and 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 that now you see him being able to slow the game down. Um, Burns is able to slow the game down more. So not only is he filthy, uh, and he is <laughs> filthy. Oh like, yeah, he is uh, like objectively again. Um, his cutter was one of my favorite pitches to watch. And I used to, I mean, I knew his slider, but watching that cutter was at times like you'd laugh at hitters. Like, I don't know how you hit it. You're seeing it in backdoor people, front door people, breaking back. I mean, he, it was like, it was a little, again, I'm not going to compare them to Rivera or to yeah. Halliday or any of those, but, but the cutter movement wise, I mean, yeah, it was like a Jansen type cutter. I mean, it was it was nasty, nasty stuff. So uh, he just put it together and I expect him to keep putting it together. I mean, what do you all think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am. I'm going to be on the Corbin Burns Cy Young trade every single year <laughs> for his career. Like I am. I am the conductor of that train. He deserves like again, I love seeing a guy with that. Na- he is he has elite stuff. Um, and he had elite stuff last year, so you weren't wrong. Yeah, yeah. You, were just, you hear that, Twitter haters? Yeah, pitching ninja says I wasn't wrong. You just tell him the truth in advance. That's what he was exactly. I, I was predicting the future. That's what I was doing. Yep, totally. No, he's he's great, and I, I expect um, him to build off. Like those are the years that you build up. You have a good year, and then you build on it, and you get confidence in your stuff, and now he becomes unstoppable. Um, that's what I'm hoping for him, because again. I am not a Brewers fan. I'm a pitcher fan. It just happens that the Brewers have some pitchers that are fun to watch, and I like watching them. So, Yeah. So you mentioned that cutter, and we've mentioned in the past on this podcast about you know him throwing that so much more this season led to a ton of his success. Um, he only gave up, I think, uh, 12 hits on it held – um, batters to a 162 average. It wasn't one of his highest whiff percentage pitches, but obviously adding it into the mix was huge for him. Um, was it as simple as just that mix? Did you see anything differently out of it, or is it is it that just that simple of he threw it more and it worked? You know, it it, it looked better, like visually. Again, I haven't looked at the at, at the the stats on his movement of it or where he was throwing it. Because those are two different things. I mean, he may not have been getting extra movement, but he may have been hitting his his, his spots better, or they might have changed up the mix of how he approached hitters. Uh, but I think it. I think a lot of it is the pitch mix. I mean, being able to you can't sit on a slider then or a fastball because you have this little tweener thing that if you're sitting on if you're sitting on his fastball and you get this 95 mile an hour cutter that wait like, what the hell do you do with that? <laughs> uh, you're just gonna, you're going to put it in play weekly. Uh, or, or not put it in play at all, or take it. I mean, I saw a number of times where they think it was a fastball off the plate, and he backdoored people because it, that much movement. When you're when you're throwing a pitch with five or six inches of movement, um, and people are looking at it and they think it's a fastball, they're going to take that. Unlike the slider, where you can act, you're used to seeing a slider. Um, you're not used to seeing a cutter like that, and that's why cutters give give hitters. 
fits. I mean, when you have a good cutter, you can throw that forever and get people out. So it's a good pitch to get to get out of situation, get quick outs. If somebody's if somebody's swinging at your fastball, you're going to get weak contact because you're going to miss the barrel. Um, so it, it 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 actually affects everything. So when you can throw a cutter uh, it, with with increased frequency, it it not it'll it'll increase your whiffs on sliders. It'll increase it'll shorten innings. Uh, make him go a little bit deeper in games, maybe get him out of some tricky situations. It's, it, it's, there's so many different things that are, that are involved in pitching and that that affects. It's a great point because it, it's not like that pitch was necessarily getting a ridiculous amount of whiffs, but it was absolutely huge in, in increasing it in his arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I remember seeing even like Joey Votto, one of the you know, smartest, best hitters, you know, the game has seen in the last like 10 years. He's, he's even like confused by this pitch. He's like, what was that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, t- totally. Um, and I don't know, like there were times where I was laughing watching it. Um, and I mean, I'm, <laughs> Me too. I, yeah, yeah. There's like, I, I'm looking at the gun. Holy crap. That pitch is, is, I mean, I'm trying to think of guys that have thrown cutters that, na- that are thrown cutters that nasty. I mean, historically, obviously you can name them. Um, but now, I mean, it's, it's tough. That's a, you know, throwing something in the, in the mid to, you know, mid to sort of upper nineties with that much movement is, is that's, that's going to give you a hard time. Yeah. I I was soon. And I'm just like, I just opened up Twitter at pitching and Oh my God, look at this pitch. from (laughs) Yeah. And the good thing is you don't like, uh, yeah, you don't go to that well too often. Like if somebody is always doing it, this boy who cried wolf. When you're sending me something, I know to look. Yeah. So uh, you're a discerning eye. You guys know what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'll take that as a giant compliment. That is a giant compliment. <laughs> yeah. So um, the Corbin Burns cutter. You have you have asked on Twitter multiple times to get the cutter grip from Corbin Burns. Have you gotten it yet? Have you been able to get there? I have, and I have slow-mo video of it. I have asked multiple times, hoping that one of my Brewers followers, because um, I know several players on the Brewers follow me, that somebody would track it down and say, hey, Burnsy, give me this. Come on, can somebody can somebody give this poor guy the cutter grip? That <laughs> I won't even tell anybody. Like, I'll just tell all my followers. No one will know. It'll be just between me and everybody else. Um, like Devin yeah. Williams was nice enough. I DM'd him and he gave in and, and, and we discussed his change up. And I hope to interview him uh, later and just get a he, we're, we're working on getting a video of it. I don't think it's going to help anybody. Like if you can give yeah. everybody your change up grip. Number one, it's not Devin Williams's grip. It's his release that makes it go. Right. Uh, so he can grip it any way he wants. If, he, if you can release it like that, it's going to move. Uh uh, so, but number two, hey, we're a big community. Let's help. Come on, Corbin, you can do this for me. Like if you're Cor- listening, yeah, if you're listening, Corbin, j- just just send it to him. You know, like he's asking so nicely. <laughs> I mean, I'm virtually begging. He, yeah, he, he's down <laughs> on his knees. Here we can see. We can. Yeah, see. you can see it. I'm absolutely on my knees, begging for it. So, uh, yeah, Corbin, if you're listening, just at Pitching Ninja. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I think he came out of that, like, from the from the pitching lab. That, that might be classified information. I mean, the, the Brewers have a top-secret pitching lab out there in Arizona that they don't let anyone in, and that they, they might try to keep that classified information. 
I mean, if I were them, maybe I would too. But who's getting like, first you got to throw the ball. Nine, like you have to be able to throw a 95 mile an hour cutter. Table stakes True. for that is number one, being able to throw upper 90s. So there aren't a lot of people that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can reverse engineer it, but I'd rather hear it from him. Like I can get slow-mo and say, this is what you're doing. Get spin access. We can, we can figure it out, but, but come on, Corbin. Yeah. Just, Help just, just, just be nice. Yeah. yeah. But, but basically what I'm hearing is the Brewers have the pitchers who throw the best cutter and the best changeup in the league. I'd say that's pretty close to the best changeup and one of the best cutters. I, I, I would say, uh, it, it, without a doubt, one of the best cutters. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, no, no, I'll take that on my pitching staff every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, you guys are, and you have Woodruff, who's who's, who's Woody's yeah. not that bad either. I mean, he's he's a pretty good pitcher. Like yeah. every time I watch, that guy's just a bully. Like he gets on the oh, and he just throws fastballs down your throat, and then occasionally will throw you just nasty, nasty stuff like changeup or two seamer. I mean, he's he's. He's a nasty, nasty guy, uh, but totally different mindset. Like to me, he's kind of a quiet, confident guy who who will just shove the ball down your throat. I mean, he's a fastball. Here it is. Hit it. I don't think you're going to be able to hit me type of guy. And I love that. Like yeah. di- different mindsets, different makeups. It's kind of fun. Yeah. He was quiet until the, the fifth inning of uh, game two of the uh, wild card series. <laughs> then he cursed out the umpire and got thrown out as he was getting pulled. <laughs> Oops. Hey, I like my guys. I like, go ahead, yeah. absolutely. Get a little fire. It's like yeah. you're already being pulled from the game. You know, you know what 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 happens if you get ejected? Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then you have uh, Lindblom who uh, who throws like every pitch in the world, right? I mean, <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah. He shared his pit. He shared some pitches with me too. So come on, Corbin. I'm gonna keep yeah. coming back to that. Yeah. <laughs> just keep just like every five minutes. Hey, Corbin, just just send me your send me your cutter grip. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things, um, and this is another kudos to the Brewers, uh, but I mentioned flat ground earlier. They picked up, I don't, I forgot the last count, but it was like eight pitchers off of flat ground, and Ooh. Topa being one of them. But there were a number of pitches throughout the last couple of years. Their scouting uh, crew had been really, really active, and I think that that just gives you an advantage. Like to me, that means you're working hard. Like I don't know if these guys work out, they don't work out, but you're 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 willing to think outside the box and 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 work hard to uncover talent. And to that, I mean, that's another reason why I like the team. So I mean yeah. there it's a fun team for me to watch and they're a fun team to root for when you have guys that work that hard to find it. So uh again, great, great stuff from the from the brew crew. Yeah, David Stearns has not been uh, the GM to leave any stones unturned. He, yeah. Yeah, and it's part of the beauty. Like, I mean, it's not the Yankees where you can yeah. just buy everybody and just do whatever. I mean, you're gonna ha- you have to work for it. And and yeah. there's beauty. Like, I mean, look at the job the Rays did this year. They worked. Oh for yeah. It. They cobbled together a staff that is just as much fun to watch as as anybody as well. I mean, different yeah. arm angles and different. I mean, they're they're a whole they're, stable of guys that throw ninety. A whole stable <laughs> of guys that throw exactly. <laughs> it's that. Uh, Speaking of guys that throw hard, what do you think about Rasmussen? I love Drew Rasmussen. I, I mean, Matt, Matt, I'm sure you love Drew Rasmussen too, but I mean, yeah. that guy is like, it, it's insane. Like, he was a first round pick. They got him in the sixth round because he was coming off Tommy John. And like, I mean, he's he's a future stud. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I'm just curious to what, like, you guys see him way more than I did. I don't know if I even tweeted him much this year. 
Um, I just remember in college, I remember he, he's a driveline guy too, right? I mean, I believe he went through, through uh, I think so. to, to driveline. But uh, he is, he's, I mean, he's got a great arm and, and, and should be really good for the future for y'all too. He's probably one of the prospects that I think fans who really followed the system were most excited about coming into the season. Like, you know, we get questions from people of, do you think Rasmussen will end up on the 40 man at some point? Do you think he'll make his debut this season? And of course, it's always hard to tell, you know, especially this season when you had the weirdness of the 60 man alternate site and, you know, traveling parties and all those different things. And then of course, you know, service time, we had to figure that whole thing into it. And sure enough, he makes his way up there. And yeah, I think fans are really excited for this guy because he's another one who's just, he's just going to try and blow you away. But then he uh, mixes that uh, breaking ball with it. And when he's on, he is on. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've seen in limited, like, Again, I, I try to gather as much stuff from y'all as I can, too, because you guys see the teams. Like, I can't watch mm-hmm. every single baseball team and all their, their pitchers. As much just, as you might love to. I would. I do <laughs> love to. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I surf between games and, like, will switch back and forth when I see a pitcher that I that I know. And once I, once I find you, then I tend to follow you. And Topa was that way this year where – where I saw a couple of outings and I'm like, holy crap, he is so filthy. I'm going to watch some more and just watch for things that, again, when, when I, I tweet out stuff that usually hits me in my own head that I'm like, I haven't seen anything like that. That's really, that's, you know, that that's top level stuff. And so once I saw it one time, I will see it again. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think that Rasmussen is is hopefully going to be in that that class as well. And we've gone this far, and we haven't even talked about uh, like Hater or anything. And yeah, I'll have a. I mean, he he's yeah. We're talking about all Devin Williams and Haters just sitting there going, "What about me, man? What about yeah. me? All that talk." Well, that was only two time you know NL reliever of the year, and I I just get <laughs> upset by it this year by by Williams. And I mean three three years in a row NL reliever of the year the Brewers have had. Yeah, I mean, it, what are y'all doing? Like that's that's kind of crazy. <laughs> It, but just, it, yeah, I mean, you can shorten games like crazy, though. That's that's and then you add Rasmussen in there and you're I mean, Topa and you're starting to, like you're building up your own stable of guys yeah. throwing throwing 98. Yeah. And then there's still Knable in there coming off Tommy right. John surgery. And um, like, yeah, I mean, Knable throws hard, too. He's got he's got the breaking ball. Rasmussen throws hard breaking ball. Josh Hader throws hard slider. I mean, it's it, it's it's crazy. And I mean, really for years, the Brewers have struggled developing pitching like through the nineties and the two thousands when they were bad. Um, they just, they couldn't have, they couldn't develop any pitching. And like now over the last couple of years, since Stearns and Matt Arnold and, and really kind of that whole group has gotten in there, they developed Woodruff from an 11th round pick. They, they had Burns a fourth rounder, Rasmussen a sixth rounder, you know, Topa was, you know, a, a minor league free agent from Indie Ball. You had Corey Knable was in a trade, Josh Hader in a trade. Um, like, they've just been kind of building it up. And, like, now, like, they have a super strong group of guys out in that bullpen. And they also have Burns and Woodruff now to lead the rotation so that they're no longer depending on Wade Miley and Yolise Chassin. Um, so they have, like, two legit, like, number one type guys up there. And they finally kind of built up this pitching staff. And that's something that, like, we've seen managers, like, across the league. Like, they've looked at, like, Corbin Burns, like, that dude is an ace. And they say, 
Brandon Woodruff, like they, they look at Brandon Woodruff stuff they're like that dude is a true ace. So I, I totally mean, agree. I mean, yeah, like, you just need to, I mean, a three would be good, right? I mean, you need, I mean, is there anybody, yeah. is that, like Trevor Bauer or somebody? I mean, that wouldn't be bad. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Easy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we had the money for that, I'd <laughs> I was thinking about that though. I'm trying to think of pieces, but could you imagine that rotation if you did? Like, like that would be ridiculous. Um, because you're right. I think I think you have. I mean, between between Woodruff and Burns, nobody wants to face those guys. I mean, they could they could shut any any team in the major leagues down. You had one more, and then with that bullpen to shorten games, uh, that, you put together a pretty pretty darn strong strong uh, staff. You know, we've talked about a lot of the guys we're impressed with and kind of speaking of a number three guy a little bit. One guy going into the season that they thought was going to be there and then kind of took a dip was Adrian Hauser. I was just I swear I was going to ask you all about <laughs> yeah. that because because I see flashes of brilliance with him, uh, you know, before he was just known for puking on the mound. But Who <laughs> <laughs> was so, hurler? Adrian yeah, Hauser. Yeah, legit. Uh, uh, but yeah, I still see that. Like, and 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 you can't just. The one thing that I will say is fan bases don't have enough patience with their pitchers. They they throw people out. I love the fact that you went through that with Burns last year, yeah. um, because what happens is you trade them, and then you're like, why didn't he do that on my team? Why was he? Uh, did with Sonny Gray and the, the. You know how many times I heard from Yankees fans, why couldn't Sonny Gray couldn't handle the bright lights of New York? Blah blah blah. So, you guys couldn't coach Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is a smart pitcher who mixes things up, and you were trying to fit him into a different different thing. Yeah. Let people develop. Let someone like Corbin Burns figure out what makes him successful. Um, same thing. It, it may be a mental game thing with Hauser. Obviously, there was something making you know mentally keyed up because he was. I mean, the the puking thing, and either that or he's allergic to pitching or something. I don't know. That would be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's something there where, where then you find you belong. Then all of a sudden you have a good game. Then you string a bunch of good games together. You go through uh, baseball, is such a mental game. Pitching is such a mental game. It's like golf or something where you, you know, you have a ball. Nothing happens until you throw it. And some people can't deal with that pressure. They're they're The whole team's on their back. Everyone's looking at. It. I don't know that that's the case with him. Uh, but I'm saying that everybody develops at a, at a, at a different pace. And fans have to not lose patience with guys just because they have a, a, a year. If you see the stuff, like if you see yeah. stuff that he has and those flashes of brilliance, you know, he can do it. So bring out more of that brilliance. Just be more consistent with the brilliant outings and less bad outings. Everyone's going to have some. Uh, but but all pitchers go through that. And and yeah, I, I was thinking even back to to Mets fans with Thor. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like he has all his talent, but he's like, give him time, man. The dude, they, everybody grows at this at different paces. Yeah. Don't throw him out. Don't start complaining about stuff. Yeah. And the last thing you want to end up as is the Pittsburgh Pirates trading away Garrett Cole exactly. and Tyler Glass now. So that <laughs> is exactly the point I was making. Totally right. Um, yeah. You have them complaining now. Like, why couldn't? Meanwhile, they were coaching them wrong. Like, you have a guy yeah. pitching to contact who is. Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now. Why are they pitching to contact when they throw 100? Like, it's just, uh, that, it's that's the, the old. 
<laughs> right, exactly. It's the pirates. That's why. Uh, that that was uh, that was mind-boggling. And the ultimate example of what I was saying is 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 you've got to be able to coach guys. The Brewers do a good job with it. So it just may be you know he'll grow into whatever pitcher he becomes. But but it's not an overnight thing. People are crapping on Dustin May, like oh, literally, no. like Dustin May who throws at, like again I test. You watch that guy, and every time you watch him, you're like, this guy might throw something I've never seen before, so I'm gonna watch him every time out. Yet he has a couple bad outings, and everybody like like everybody's like, oh yeah, he's only famous because of blah blah social media. He sucks and. The dude's freaking 22, 23 years old and throws 101. Like, yeah. have Give patience. It time. <laughs> trade him. Yeah. Do yeah. or do like the Pirates and trade him. Yeah. See how that goes work. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's something that um, especially I think Brewers fans have seen because, like, we had Derek Johnson as our pitching coach for a couple of years, and everything was getting super great with the pitching. I was like, oh, my God, like, Derek Johnson is the guy. He leaves for Cincinnati. Naturally, we're all upset. Chris Hook comes in. The pitching takes a slight step back. And then everyone's like, fire Chris Hook. Fire Chris Hook. Like, he's he's awful. Our pitchers stink. And it's like, okay, like, you're really kind of, like, overreacting to all this. And, like, you, like just kind of, like, chill out of it. Like, th- this doesn't mean that Chris Hook is bad. I mean, some of these guys, like, need some um, development. And we had a um, friend of the podcast, Rob Robert Murray, um, who has now actually joined the fan-sided family on the, in the last I couple think of days. I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, so so he's on board, um, and he was telling us that, like, last year, like, last offseason, and even at the trade deadline this year, a lot of teams were calling on Corbin Burns and, and Brandon Woodruff. And, you know, because Burns was coming off a down year, they were trying to buy low because yeah. they knew the stuff was there. And the Brewers are like, uh, no thanks. So we're going to hold on and, and see what happens. And, I mean, it, it's paying off. And, you know, like the point you're making, too, about how, like, fans kind of give up on some of these pitchers too early. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter give up on Freddie Peralta already as a starter. Like, I mean, he's been in and out of the rotation for, like, a couple years now. But, like, he was 21 when he first came up. He's 24 now. And, like, they just signed to an extension that's very team-friendly. And it's like Freddie Peralta could still end up being a really good starter in the big leagues. I mean, he's he's flashed that kind of stuff, too. I to- he, he will make you tear your hair out sometimes because there are times yeah. where, where you look at him and you're like, oh, my God, that's just like top tier filthy stuff. And then all of a sudden he gets shelled. Like this. Yeah. He's one of those guys that I, I, I regularly get a, a then what happened ninja thing. Like I'll tweet out something and then he gives up five runs the next inning or something like yeah. that. Um, but absolutely. But that's the point is he has stuff that flashes really, really elite. And you just have to bring out more of that. I have a lot of faith in like from what I've seen. I, you know, I don't, I don't know hook personally. The results I see are really good. And I think, I think he's doing everything right. Um, I don't know who's calling me on my phone. <laughs> What's up with that? I'm on a podcast. Yeah. Leave me alone. Um, so, like, literally, the dude yeah. is is doing everything everything right. But but then again, you also had. Uh, I mean, Johnson was is is absolutely one of my favorite pitching coaches out there, and and right. uh, basically wrote my favorite book on pitching. So anybody out there that wants to read a book, like if you're a beginner on pitching or even a, a high school coach or something like that, 
his his book on pitching is one of those must have type things. So you had it. I mean, he was a tough guy to to lose. But the fact that that everything is rebuilt and I, I just see promising days ahead. Like to me, I would be excited if I was a Brewers fan. They're a staff that I watch. Yeah. So um, if, if I'm watching it as a fan, y'all have to be really excited about it. Oh, yeah. And that's another one of those players who, um, you know, he's young. He's got plenty of time left. Like, re- relax. Uh, that's that the Wisconsin way, like Aaron Rodgers said, <laughs> R-E-L-A-X, relax. Yeah, chill, man. I mean, it's it's there are a bunch of pitchers that, that develop later. I mean, you just like – I mean, I mentioned DeGrom earlier. DeGrom wasn't a, you know, he was a late bloomer relatively. He's, I mean, he's an, he's an older guy now. He's like, you know, it's, it's, he hasn't been in a league that long, but yet he's, he's, he's not young and he developed later. Scherzer, same thing. Like Scherzer started out, Trevor Bauer. Um, Bauer was, he came up and everybody was like, oh, he's a head case. He's uncoachable. And now all of a sudden he's a Cy Young award winner. So yeah. You got to have patience with some of these guys and they will develop at their own pace if you're a good coach and if they work hard. You have to see those two things. You knew like Bauer. I mean, I hate I, I know y'all aren't focused on, on, on Bauer <laughs> except as uh, pitching against y'all. But he he is one of those guys that uh, I mean, he, you knew he was going to work hard. He's he's eccentric. He has his own way of doing things. It, what He revolutionized the sport. Part of what y'all are doing now and other people are doing in their pitching staffs is because of him, because of his pitch design stuff and the Rep Soto stuff and 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 basically figuring out how an arsenal would work. Slow, the, the edutronic cameras, he was the first pitcher to use that. He is the most influential pitcher out there, but for years he was written off as this guy that, oh, he sucks, he sucks, Bauer's overrated, but... And then he put it all together, and now he's he was he was just dominant. They had you had to have patience. Would you rather be the the Diamondbacks who let him go? I mean, mm, or yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that that you've got to. I mean, you, you just have to have patience with some of these guys, but also know when to cut bait. Like some of these guys are never going to come around, and uh, and that's where the feel part of the game comes in, along with the the uh, statistics. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a couple of those guys of the years, like Willie Peralta was always promised to be good, and, you know, he kind of didn't really get there. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest, like, what-ifs and, and what could have been was Jimmy Nelson, because it had taken him a while to get to ace-level status, and then, you know, he dove into first base, tore up his shoulder, and, you know, he really hasn't been able to, to come back since. And, like, I mean, I still believe if he had remained healthy if he never dove back into that base. I mean, the Brewers make the playoffs in 2017, most likely. And I think they at least make it to the World Series, possibly win it, if they have Jimmy Nelson at full health in 2018. So, uh, and, and and this is something I didn't expect to touch on, but it, it, that was heartbreaking for me because I really like Jim, like Jimmy Nelson, and I will DM. Um, I was in Kurt, like during his comeback, he'd send me videos and stuff. And he was, he's freaking fit like that dude is yeah. nasty too like amazingly nasty and and not only that but a really good dude and yeah. everybody should be rooting for him and that was just horrible when you had a guy that is that good a dude with that good a stuff to to have that happen and i hope he i mean i i hope he eventually does come back it's a hard thing to come back from 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, I actually gone through this with my my son who who uh, partially tore his labrum, and it's just one of those things that is a it's a tough injury. It heals at its own pace, and you can't rush it. And it's frustrating for a pitcher that wants to get back in there. But that dude, I totally agree with you. He he would have been he's, he's a you know a a one two pitcher. I mean, really top two, yeah. top of the rotation guy. And if you add him with what you already have, like, holy crap! I mean, that that team is 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 feared at that point. I mean, there's your yeah. there's your top three. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. And I met him um, a couple years ago. That there was this uh, like Brewers like foundation like auction thing. Um, so it was like basically I had like a, a throwing session in the bullpen with uh, the pitching coach at the time was Rick Kranitz and then, you know, one of the Brewers players and it ended up being Jimmy Nelson. Um, so I was, I was like, you know, throwing with him um, and like, just, just talking with him. Like, he's just such a, such a cool dude, you know, like down to earth guy, a lot, a lot of fun to talk to. Um, and I, I know you plugged the, the one book that, that Chris Johnson had Rick Kranitz uh, plugged one for me. The mental ABCs of pitching. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of yeah. the best books of all time. So that that uh yeah, yeah, to- totally. Uh, who was I talking to about that recently? Oh, uh, uh, Rich Hill. Oh. So I interviewed Rich Hill, and that turned around his career too. Dick Mountain. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> so we, we the started best talking. Nickname. It is. And then we talked to him about that, and then I asked him, like, like the mental game's huge, and, and you can see Rich Hill when he pitches. He's got a lot of emotion. He's he's a competitor. And I was like, dude, how do you bottle that up? And he brought up the same thing, the uh, the Dorfman book, uh, Mental ABCs of Pitching. And that's actually what we were what we were just talking about. It's like people forget that that is such a big part of the game. And if you're a pitcher out there listening to this uh, – absolutely pick that book up because you can learn a lot. It goes through what a lot of other pitchers have struggled with. Uh, and you can do it multiple different ways. Like you have Max Scherzer who wants to eat somebody's head off when he's on the mound. <laughs> and then you have uh, Corey Kluber back in the day. They're both Cy Young Award winners. Corey Kluber is a robot. He doesn't show emotion, doesn't do anything. You have Max Scherzer who, will, who, who again, is like he's like a crazy man. And you can do it either way. So there's not one way to do it. You don't have to say, hey, I want you to be like Max Scherzer. If you really need to calm yourself down, you can't do that. DeGrom doesn't do that. DeGrom is a, kind of a stone-faced assassin. Um, you yeah. can do multiple. Yeah, you can you can do multiple things. Bauer this year was driven by his need to be hated. Like he wants everybody to hate him because it makes it puts a chip on his shoulder. And he wants you to, you know, like, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show you like, go ahead. I'm going to be the heel of, of baseball. Yeah. It made him a better pitcher. You can't argue with it. Um, so everybody's different, but that mental ABCs goes through that and touches on what made everybody like you take little things from each pitcher. I love that book. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and like also, so last summer um, I was the broadcaster for the lacrosse loggers in the Northwoods league. And that's where Max Scherzer um, played like way, way back in his college days. And like Scherzer was initially a reliever, um, but he still like he still had that same kind of mentality back then where like if the pitching coach would like come out there and talk to him, he'd be like, no, th- like this is my mound. Like, you know, he, he had that same kind of fiery mentality, like same kind of stuff. And it just, you know, just, just came from there. Like it, he's been that way the, the whole time. 
Uh, totally. And the the thing is, you can get away with it now when you've won multiple Cy Youngs. Yeah. When you're in the Northwoods <laughs> League and you tell your pitching coach that, you know, get off my fucking <laughs> You may get your ass beat. He may be running polls for uh, the, the, the rest of the next practice yeah. or something like that. As long as it, you get the guys out. Oh, I, yeah. like yeah. like legit as a as a coach. I love that. Like, I want my guy to tell me like I want to look in his eyes. I want him to want it regardless of whether I'm going to tell you. Like, I don't know if you're going to convince me or not. But want the ball. I mean, I want you to want to be in those situations. Uh, but then there's the guys who are really honest, too. Like somebody said, you know, hey, I don't have it. And do you, you want that, too. You want the ability. Scherzer does do that sometimes. He doesn't always stay in games. Like there are times where he says, all right, 110 pitches, that's about all I can give you. And then there are other days where he just wants to blow it out and he feels great and he's a competitor. Yeah. Love that. Like, yeah, he's he loved that dude. Love watching yeah. When you reach that status, you can look at your manager and say, "No, you stay in there. I'm like, I'm, I'm out here." Like Grinky, I think Grinky did that in the postseason. Like everyone's like, "Oh, d- should Dusty Baker take him out?" And it's like Grinky's like, "I'm staying out here." Yeah, I don't know if he said it exactly that way. Like, <laughs> like no, no, Grinky, Grinky's, Grinky's absolutely one of my favorite dudes to watch. But uh, favorite dudes to watch because again, I, I, I guess is a theme, something you will never see. A lot of times you see with him, like change-ups that are faster than his fastball or or signing pitches or do it or sitting down on the mound and, you know, watching the grounds crew do things like he's on a beach. <laughs> he is, he's so or, – or sitting in the stands this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love the quirky things that you just don't see because you can – he let out his personality. I mean, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess some people – like Snell this year, like, I mean – he probably did. I mean, I know he didn't want to come out. He also didn't want to show up as manager necessarily at that point, but he felt that like you saw him walking off the mound. And, and uh, I love that. Like I, yeah, as a manager, you're feeling like, you know, boy, that's, that kind of sucks. He showed me up, but would you rather that or a guy that's has his tail between his legs going, I don't want to be out here. Like I want, I want that guy. I want Blake Snell out there. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, you know, would you have left Blake Snell in there? I would have left him in there. Hell, I <laughs> I said it at the time, like when I saw when I saw uh, Snell going like fucking a man or whatever he said. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse here. Um, uh, Blake, Blake did too. So, um, so when I saw him, when I was like, same. Yeah, I didn't under <laughs> like like he, he gave up like with two hits. Come on, like he's he he was. And the Dodgers felt that. So when you pulled him, all of a sudden they said it after the game. They're like, we felt this energy like we were getting shut down. And now we got somebody else. And I don't care who it is. It's not that guy who's shutting me down. Um, and Snell was feeling it like I would have left him in. Sure, I would have left. like at least another hit. Like if he gave up one more batter was my feeling, maybe more than one batter. Like I didn't feel he was even close to the end of his rope. Yeah, he was only at like 73 pitches, I think. Yeah, like I... Like you, you pay this man for this game. It's a Cy Young yeah. Award winner. It's Blake yeah. Snell. Like, I mean, dude is like, and he threw a 91 mile an hour changeup that inning. So he wasn't like, I know he threw a 94 mile an hour fastball, but I think it was also a get me over kind of an elevated fastball. He's trying to get an easy out on. Um, yeah, I don't like I, I uh, that 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 kills me. I think sometimes. And I don't know, and I don't want to, like, Cash did such a, they did such a great job managing that team the entire year. So you can't really crap on them because it worked the entire year. But there's a difference, obviously, when you're dealing with numbers and statistics. The long, the long game, 
when you have a season, yes, these moves are going to work out over time and you're going to be win more often than not when you're playing the stats. That one moment, though, you have one game with a guy that is your guy. There's a point where statistics become a crutch for you. Um, and you're like, well, this this is what it said. And I did everything by the book. At some point, it's you that has to make the call. Um, and you have to go by what that pitcher has that day. And I know that there have been people that looked at it and going, yeah, you can't say hot hand or this guy's shutting people down because other times this has happened. You know, it past, past doesn't past performance is no indicator of future performance type of thing. We're dealing with people. And what did you feel at that moment? Who would you wanted on that? Who would you have wanted on that mound? Um, and I, I would have picked Blake Snell. That's just my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I kind of want to circle back here to, to Josh Hader because we only briefly touched on him and, and he's one of the nastiest guys in the league. I mean, this year, like, uh, like he's been struggling with like home runs a little bit. Um, this year he had like one or two bad games with like walks or whatever, but he was still like, he didn't allow a hit. I don't think until September. And I mean, the the Brewers were saying like, he's a more complete pitcher this year. He was throwing the slider more often, not as reliant on on the fastball. And I mean, when he's got that slider, like it's just kind of sweeping like all the way across the plate, isn't it? It is. And, and, and I remember throwing a couple of change-ups in spring training, was it? Or yeah. um, early on, I, I saw some change-ups that he can also throw. They weren't like crappy change-ups. They were good change-ups. Um, yeah, I think he is, he's another one of those outliers. You don't see guys that throw like him often. Um, he's been able to sustain it over the years. Obviously, you're going to give up home runs when you live by the fastball and people are like, they're taking hacks. Like that's what they're going to yeah. do because they're either going to K- or they're going to hit a they're they're going to hit a ding dong Johnson. Uh, how to work that in for Pedro? Uh, but so it's like you know that's life as Josh Hader. You're you're throwing the ball up in the zone, a fastball. You're going to get most of the hitters, but sometimes they're going to hit it out. That it's all or nothing type mentality. You're not going to grind out a, a an at bat necessarily against them. I think yeah, I mean he's already proven himself. He's He's absolutely an elite among elites. Um, nobody that you ask in the major leagues likes hitting against him. And, uh, I mean, that's why I think the combo of, of Williams and Hayter, I saw people this year going, that's why Williams has to be the closer, not Hayter being like, just don't like, I'm fine with either one of them closing games. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, like I would go to, I, I'd go to bat with either one of them. I mean, but I'm not playing favorites between them between them hater is unhittable like when he's on he's unhittable and that slider is something continue to throw it um i'd like you know every once in a while a change up not bad you don't have to do that but it ain't broke if it ain't broke don't fix it and and they're doing everything right with hater like hater is great i mean i expect him to keep being great i think that's an interesting question that you do now have two of those guys who could close and um Assuming he stays with the Brewers, and that's a question we've raised on different podcast episodes. Um, With a guy like Hayter, do you see him more useful in his old 2018, bring him in against the best guys on the other team role, or is he more valuable in that closers role, or is it a toss-up and you could really go whatever way you want? Like, What would your preference be for him? Uh, my preference is 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 in the former role because I think bringing guys in high leverage situations is the right thing to do. It's not necessarily the last three outs. 
Um, that being said, I mean, you know, I don't know that I would coach any differently if I were with the with the Brewers. I like that role. I like the role of the 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 two inning guy where he comes in and faces the toughest guys in the most crucial situations, um, high leverage stuff. I thought the Rays did a great job with that this year, bringing in the guys at the right time um, and not just having a guy that racked up all the saves. And I think that that's the right. I mean, that that's objectively the right the right approach. Um, I don't know that that affected haters outcomes this year at all. But but to me, yeah, I mean, I, I prefer that that role for him. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's it's really kind of, you know, incredible. I mean, hater unhittable when he's on and Devin Williams, his changeup was literally unhittable. There, there was only one hit. Yeah, opposite um, against field, his changeup. Like, yeah, opposite field, like 68 mile an hour exit yeah. velo. Um, I screamed at that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm like, like no. Like, like, so he's one of those guys that can throw inside changeups, too, um, and, and just get hitters a flinch. And um, and one of the things is when you throw an outside changeup, yeah, that's where you're taught to throw a changeup. Uh, but but it also makes you susceptible to the little little flip. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that was. It was just like, ah, damn it. Kind of wish that he didn't. I wanted to go the whole year without giving up a hit on it. Yeah, but and it's just kind of, you know, like uncomfortable at bats, like all the way around. I remember, I think it was either 2018 or 2019, Josh Hader, like against the Cubs late in the season. I don't know if that if there was Murphy, I think it was where like it was just like literally the three most uncomfortable swings. Like I've like there's like one was like a knee buckler. Another one was just like super late defensive hack. And like it was just like three swords all in a row. I'm just like, this is insane. Like like that was the best that that was the best at bat. Hader I think ever that, that might have won one of my pitching ninja awards because everybody loved it that was that was yeah. absolutely one of the best at bats all and it just made he made murphy look like he didn't know how to hit and that dude is is he knows how to hit yeah he knows how to hit <laughs> but it made him look like it was me at the plate um so yeah that was that was an amazing at bat i absolutely know uh i think actually it did it, it won it won something i think it might have been most unfair at bat or something like that yeah it was just, it was it was horribly unfair yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of those with Brewers pitchers over, over the last couple of years. And I mean, like your account has, has, you know, grown pretty much every single year. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you got the flat ground app now and, you know, just kind of bringing up just, you know, so like so much more stuff get, gets bigger every single year and, and helping guys find gigs, essentially. Oh, yeah, I love doing that. And that's that's one of my uh one of the ways to give back to the game. So my, my whole thing, as I mentioned before, is just trying to grow the game. I think you all do grow the game. I think there's a, there's a lot of people if left, if, if baseball lets them can grow the game. My biggest thing was seeing for baseball to, to continue to grow and grow the fan base. It can't just be a rich kid sport. So you can't have it that your daddy has to be rich and find you all these great lessons and stuff. Cause eventually if you're not a rich kid, do you want to be on a team where you have to borrow your friend's bat or this guy has a really cool, really cool cleats and a really cool glove. And I'm going with the hundred dollar bat I bought, you know, bought, got passed down to me um, playing with not the best teams eventually. And, and, and plus baseball isn't a full scholarship sport either. So yeah. you're doing everything you can to drive kids out of baseball. You either, uh, you know, they're taking up other sports because it's, less expensive to play and you can get a full scholarship at it. Um, so we have to change that. 
And to me, my small thing I can do is take my followers that I have in baseball, the guys with major league teams and colleges, and say, hey, look at these players. I can't tweet them all out at Pitching Ninja because that would people get bored with it. Like right. nobody wants to see a, a guy throwing 88 at Pitching Ninja, but they do <laughs> at Flat Ground. Like at Flat Ground, you're gonna get you're gonna get a college scholarship potentially if you're throwing 88 and you're a sophomore. Nobody wants to see it. Up. So to, to be able to do that and help people out um, and to hopefully change the sport and bring more people into it. That's what that's what all our goals should be. Like we're in it because we love the sport. We love our teams. We love our sport. Um, and I don't even have a team like I, I live in Atlanta, but but I don't really like I root for the Braves, but I root for everybody. I root for pitchers. Um, so my deal is to make people love pitching to make them help them in their careers for free and get them a bunch of information that they can, if they want it, they can grow. Um, and, and then the sport is, but the sport is better. And in the, at the end of the day, we can help baseball save baseball from itself in some ways um, because they haven't been doing the greatest job of marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pitching is something where like, I think it's just like widely misunderstood amongst the general public. It's like, Oh yeah, you just throw, someone tries to hit it. Like, yeah. Pitching is an art form, like, and, and it's something that it takes, as Yogi Berra once said, baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. Like, it, it's something where it, it's, it's, a, it's a mind game, essentially, between the pitcher and the hitter, and it, it's an art form in, in with how guys pitch, and, you know, I, I think your account, is, your account has done a really good job of really kind of highlighting that. Like, like, look at all this, like, nasty stuff. Look at the intricacies of all this and, you know, the, like the overlays. And, like, you know, you have the pitch looking like this, and then this one goes straight, and the other one looks like this, like, for half the way, and then just dives off to the side. Like, people don't understand how hard hitting is and how much goes into pitching. Yeah, you just nailed it. And I think that that's the thing that really jumped out at people. So, all the time during the year, I have people like I'm a pitching account. I'm a pitching guy. But the biggest takeaway is I'm not going to yell at hitters anymore for why'd you swing at that? Because now I can see why they swung at it. They thought it was it was this pitch. Um, I had Chris Bryant actually look at one of my overlays and say, that's exactly what it feels like at the bo- in, in the box. So there's a slider and a two seamer and they play off each other. And I'm you know, you have to guess at some point. So for fans to understand that it makes them more educated, less of the, you know, it, it's the same thing. Like parents with kids, fans with a, with baseball teams. Like, Why'd you do that? Why'd you? Well, you know what? You get in the box and try it. It's not. I, I, I could luck into a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That that killed me because I look at all that stuff. And to me. That's the last thing I'm going to be able to do. I know what these pitchers can do. I am not lucking into anything off those guys. I might be able to luck as a quarterback to throw a you know, first down or touchdown pass because it's all my receiver doing doing the work. Yeah. Um, I can luck in. I don't know if I can luck into a three pointer if I'm guarded. Like um, I'm not yeah. being. Uh, I have a feeling LeBron would be shoving everything back in my face or something like that. That would never. That, yeah, that that would be impossible for me to do. I, I, but I don't look at like he said. Hockey was the hardest thing. I mean, I, I just stand in front of the goal and hope that hope the puck hit me and maybe eventually luck into a goal. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Higher but, likelihood than lucking into a home run. I definitely think so. I could luck into a foul tip, maybe. Absolutely. But I probably. But, could do that. Yeah, that I would be more accurate. HBP. Like I can yeah. definitely get hit. <laughs> Feel confident on that. I can walk occasionally. 
pitchers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the home run part. I mean, those guys, those hitters are the best in the world and you're looking at facing the best in the world. And the point you made about baseball being like, it's really easy to do it from a fantasy baseball type thing where you're trading players and, or looking at, at, at rap soda or track man or whatever and saying, you know, you just put these pitch types together, but you're also dealing with people. And I think it's fans. You have to realize that every time you criticize a player on social media and say something about them and they read it, if you're trying to really build somebody up, if you have a guy that's struggling, is that the best message as a fan to say? Like, yeah. we'd love to say this guy sucks. But if you're really trying to help your team, is that the best thing to say? Yeah, like, don't at him on Twitter about it. Like, there's <laughs> right. no reason to DM him and say you sucked. Like, yeah, exactly. he knows. He knows he had a horrible game. There's no reason to DM him and say you had a horrible game. It's just, it, right, it's totally, it's, it's, it's uncool. And I think that that's, that's the other aspect of being pitching ninja that I that I like is I have a lot of players that will ask me honest questions about their stuff that they don't feel like they can ask their coach or they feel it's a stupid question or they feel like the coach might say, don't worry about this. I got it. Um, and instead, they'll reach out because they're taking control of their career and they want an objective person who's not going to sit there and go, you suck. I, I am generally very encouraging, honest, but encouraging but also will help them. Like I don't get anything from it other than the fact that I feel like I help somebody. And that's like my, my payment is to make people feel good because it's my hobby. I, I get, I have a lot of fun from it. It's, it's great. I mean, as you yeah. can tell. It's awesome. All right. So, I mean, that, that was, I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely <laughs> had a lot of fun. Yeah. Whenever we're talking Devin Williams and Corbin Burns, we can always have a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I expect hopefully next year with a full with a full season where we're uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what these guys what 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 these guys do. I'm I'm just looking forward for for more baseball. Though I don't know about y'all, I was really tired after this season. Like I felt like it was very intense, and uh, I felt like I'd been through like I needed a break. Um, it was a yeah. lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I was I was tired of watching our hitters strike out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about the pitchers because I didn't want to. Really, yeah, that was that, that yeah. was a little frustrating. I would I would imagine good hitters struggling. Uh, yeah. But you know, it is a short season. The pitching's always ahead of hitters, and uh, and it showed. I mean, I think that that was that was tough. I would not expect the same thing in a in a in a longer season. I think y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was something I mentioned on Twitter. Like after the season was done, I was like, man, I miss baseball already. But when those 60 games finished, I was like, that was one of the most like emotional, frustrating, exciting, whatever baseball exer- experiences of my lifetime. And we missed a hundred plus games. No, like, can like you imagine. I, I was telling my wife about that. Like I would be. I was worn out after some of those yeah. days, especially when there was like 400 playoff games during one day. And I had to like keep track of all of them. But yeah. like, I felt like I was letting people down if I didn't watch every single, like bits and pieces of every game and going back and forth between them and stuff. And, and it, it it's like, I'm whining about sitting at a computer doing this, but you imagine like a player that has to go through this where they don't have a day off and stuff. Like we're whining about fans watching the game. These guys had to yeah. play it. Like it's not easy. 
Yeah, especially with no fans there and like no no energy in the crowd that you're used to at this point. Like you've been playing in front of crowds for years. You're used to, you know, even when you're in high school or whatever, there's at least like parents or there's somebody there. Sure. Um, but yeah, like it's it was just kind of insane, like seeing how how all that went out. And, and I think it was just because like because it was 60 games, we all kind of felt like we had to watch every single one because every single right. one became more important. And 162, it's like, well, if I don't watch tonight, you know, it's not the end of the world. So Those are I, days off. There, yeah. like, there's, there's some, you know, some games where you're, you're exactly right. There's some games where like, I don't really feel like, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll catch up on that later. Like, this was every day, and there were multiple games, and I felt like I had to watch them live because otherwise, fans for, did you get this? You know, oh, get it, and 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 I don't. And that was just us. Yeah. And that was <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I Brewers game. I normally wouldn't watch every. No, but like. Like seriously, it was very a very intense season. I'm happy that we're able to get through it. Um, I feel like the the probably the team that deserved it won it. Um, you can't take anything away from them, which is a good thing. You didn't have this surprise thing that you know like cheapened it or anything. I thought they did a good job, and I and I usually wouldn't say that. Like I would thought I thought this was destined to crash and burn, and it wasn't, and it didn't happen. And they did a good job, and the fans were energized. I thought. Uh, you know, everybody carried the sport through it. And in the end, it was a good thing. Like, I think it helped. I think it took everybody's minds off everything and maybe accentuated the importance of staying safe in a pandemic. Um, you had players actually take it seriously. Uh, you know, it gave you something to think about. So I, I anyway, I think we did the right thing. I think everything worked out well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as long as the Astros didn't win the World Series, I think everyone was going to be happy. So that's the important thing. Um, So, yeah, um, really, really great stuff, Rob. Thanks. Thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast. I had a ton of fun. um, And I feel vindicated for supporting... Corbin Burns through 2019 and all that. Absolutely. I'm going to. And Corbin, if you're out there listening, please just send over your cutter grip again. It'll it'll do all of Brewers Nation. It'll be everybody be happy. I'll be happy. Every pitching guy will be. Come on, man, you can do it. You can do it, Corbin. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And don't worry, next year we will still tweet at you every single time when Devin Williams is coming on the mound. I look forward to it, man. Don't let me don't let me slip. Don't let me mess up. I expect you to do it. That's All right, I, I will blow up your phone now. <laughs> from from <laughs> now on, uh, start it. Starting next gonna year, be, just going to continually blow it up every, every time. All right, uh, Rob, Rob, thank you so much for joining thank us, you. man. It's awesome. All right, Thanks. Yeah, so really great, really long episode here of the Cold Brew Podcast. Um, be sure to check out um, at Pitching Ninja on Twitter and uh, check out you know check out the Flatground app and. Um, again, if you're a pitcher, check out, you know, the books, uh, the mental ABCs of pitching. And, um, what, what was, uh, Eric Johnson, John- complete book on pitching, I believe the, the complete book yeah. on pitching. Yeah. That, so check those out. Yeah. Really, really great stuff today. Uh, thank you to Rob. Uh, thank you to Matt. Uh, and, uh, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the cold brew podcast. We'll see you next time.